Yeah, I guess just go ahead and start. Good? Yeah. Cool. We're good. Hey, everyone. We are some nobodies. My name is Dylan. I'm Zach. And we are here to discuss episode 10 of Lovecraft Country, the H HBO adaptation of the book of the same title written by Matt Ruff in 2016. Yeah. Episode 10 called Full Circle, directed by Nelson McCormick. You might remember him from uh, Prison Break or that show Colony. Did you watch that? No. What about that Neither stupid of horror movie called uh, Prom Night? I never saw it. Not the old one, the newer one. Never saw that either. It's yeah. okay. Anyway, episode 10. With the Book of Names in their possession, Atticus, Letty, Montrose, and Hippolyta try to lift the curse on Diana before turning their attention to Christina's spell and whether there's a way to turn the tables on her. Yeah. What'd you think? Real quick, spoiler free. As an ending, I thought this was a satisfactory way to address what they have brought up across the show. Yeah. Even though it is relatively by the numbers. It doesn't do anything revolutionary. It doesn't yes. innovate the genre. And it doesn't really... It doesn't do anything unexpected or... I didn't. I never. I was never blown away by it. No, I, I, I completely agree. It was the thing where, like, right before the episode, it was like, here's all the plot lines. And then this episode was like, tied up, tied tick, up, tied tick, up, tick, tied tick, up. Tick. Yeah. I will say... Compared to the season finale of Raised by Wolves, this was far more satisfactory. Really? Yes. Well, what about compared to the season finale of Game of Thrones? Now I'm mad. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, as far as it goes, it was good. Yeah. It was fine. I, I suspect, I'm assuming they're not going to do a second season. They do leave it open, potentially. Yeah. I don't know what they would, I, I suspect I kind of know what they would do. Well, you kind of see the end. Yeah. But... If this was a single season, like the way that Watchmen seems to be going, mm -hmm. I think this is a full 10-episode length, satisfactory, limited series. Yeah, I will say that I think this is the weakest episode of the entire season. Okay. It starts off just full exposition. Like, oh, yeah. Full on, yes. here's what you did not get, and then it just kind of goes, and yeah. like, like you said, just check to check. Um, all right, well, you might as well just get into it, yeah. right? It opens in George's workshop. Um... It is disheveled, though. Do you remember why? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, so oh, because of the fight. Isn't this where the fight with uh, Bobsy and Topsy went? Oh, down? right. The it's probably still... I don't know. It seemed really messed up, yeah. though, but whatever. Um, so Tick's carrying D in, and uh, then he does a quick spell, and the book spins open to the page that has Tick's birthmark on it. Which, as far as I'm aware, we only saw that one time when he pulls his shirt back. Yeah. In, like, episode eight. And then somebody else talks about it in yep. a different episode. <clears throat> but, yeah. Um... Then he faints, and then Letty faints, and then they kind of go into that weird scene where Tick sees like the house on fire, but it's in like this other kind of, uh, almost like the Endgame Soul universe, um, and that slave woman Hannah's there, and she tells him uh, that the answer's in his blood. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to our logo, and the logo is cool because it has like every logo from every yeah, episode. It's layered. And there's also, like, all the monsters on there. Yep. Which is kind of All the cool monsters too. roaring up yeah. in the corners. So it's pretty much all right. This is just a culmination of everything. Um, when we get back from there, um, Letty is in the 1921 house. Yes. With the grandmother there. Yeah. And it's and got the same filter, red light filter, and the same cascading flames over yeah. the windows. And what the grandma says is, the one you carry brought you here. So pretty mm -hmm. much the fact that she's got a baby is yeah. why she's in this weird soul universe. They're they're both in like a pocket dimension, which yeah. was created, as we soon learn, as like a shelter area for the bloodline. I guess it's just direct descendants of that bloodline. Yeah. yeah. It seems like Hannah created like a safe, like a pocket dimension yeah. into which you could retreat if you needed a safe place. Yeah, it keeps all the bloodlines safe from all the magic. And then she tells them about, you know, that it was like her personal hell. And like the fire kind of followed her. Mm -hmm. And it pretty much, they, we get to the point that she committed suicide yeah. really to stop this from happening. But it didn't. Um, she said the suffering came after her. Um, but she also mentioned the fire was, since it was her manifestation, mm -hmm. she was able to kind of control of rage, and yeah. tame it. Yeah. Um, and the magic was a gift to pass on. Mm -hmm. And... The grandmother gives the book to Letty, kind of passes it on, and tells her that she needs to be the strong one yep. to fix all the mistakes. And she says, like, do not cripple your son with doubts. Yeah, break the wheel. Yeah, which is exactly what happened. Like, you know, Hannah's yeah. so upset about it. Um, and when we get back to Tick, he's at his parents' house? His house? Do you know whose house this was? I was looking at it. I couldn't tell if it was, like, it was Montrose's place. Because it's, it's where he sees his mom. Oh, yeah. And, like, the record's playing. It's the same place that Letty is, because they show up there. 
I assumed. Oh, oh it's the same house, just separate. Because well, because Tick and Tick and I his mom have that conversation. Sense. I guess it is. And the then same they house. hold hands and they walk up to Letty talking to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and um, Hannah tells them that they're just that, that Tick is kind of worried that he's going to die, and Hannah pretty much tells him you have to to save everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's when Tick goes home, and he sees his mom, and uh, they have such a great little embrace. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, like, you know, he gets to see his mom one more time. Yeah, it kind of gives you that, like, that four feel, and, yeah. uh, yeah. and uh, whatever. In Endgame. Whatever the movie was, the second whatever. ultimate war. Marvel Chapter 28. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, and that's when Tick tells his mom, and pretty much breaks down, that he's upset that he has to kill himself. He's scared. Yeah. yeah, and she tells him that, um, you know, it's not a sacrifice. If not a sacrifice, then what's your purpose? And that's the theme of this whole yeah show. In in light of how literal it is, I did kind of laugh at it because it's like, hey, if we're not going to sacrifice ourselves on an altar, why are we even here? Yeah, yeah. If you can't sacrifice yourself like for I, magic, I understand conceptually. Yeah, you have to sacrifice things that you care about to grow. But when you talk about it literally, it does take on a different different connotation yeah and it is also odd that they're pointing to the fact that it's bloodline when the whole rest of the show is based on the fact that you get to choose your own family yeah uh, but whatever uh we're gonna skip over that like i said this is this is quick writing this oh, is yeah. this is tying up a bunch of loose ends um we get to montrose oh also the uh the mom says that mm -hmm. she's the best of both that he's, is the he's best, the of, best of all of them yeah he's all got the heart of montrose and, and george integrity mm -hmm. that's great and that he is a hero and i think from like Having somebody tell you're a hero is one thing. Having your mom kind of tell you you're a hero, it's, there's that's a different gotta be to something it. so special. Yeah. You know, my mom never told me I'm a hero. I don't know if she knows that I am or not. Right. I am. Yeah. She should know that. Uh, but in that moment, to, you know, it was it was the perfect thing that he needed to hear. We're gonna cut to Letty and she's reading the book with her grandmother and she seems like she's learning the language of Adam. Yeah. Um, I, wondered, I wondered if there was some time dilation here like with the uh, Hippolyta, because they both come out of this later on and they are both very proficient at doing what they need to do. Oh, yeah. And I wondered if they spent, like, you know, a year or two in this time bubble. That would make sense. Hyperbolic time chamber. Because Letty is, like, perfect oh, yeah. at the vernacular of this. Uh, and it seems like the blinks are also part of the language, too, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's when Tick comes in with his mom, and <clears throat> him and Letty share that glance. You know, that it's that quintessential glance yeah. of knowledge, you know. Uh, Tick hugs, hugs his mom again and they just start they start to seance around the bed and when we cut to the real world um, <clears throat> they're like shaking their bodies yeah and not really understanding what's going on yeah and they kind of have this cool thing mm -hmm. where you know they go back there's and some that. parallels going on and we see D un get unpossessed yeah and the spirit is brought into this like spiritual realm as a swarm of flies which is then Dissipates. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a cool it's a cool portrayal of unpossessing someone. Totally agree. Very very cool looking. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like Constantine, like a, one of yeah. those Constantine moments. I um, I don't see flies representing like spiritual evil as often as I'd like. No, it's unsettling. And, and you would think that you would because like the yeah. first time you see it is the Exorcist. And Excellence. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's like the scariest thing in, yeah. in that movie. Um, and the Exorcist Two has all the locust. Yeah, that's not that's not as cool. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Tick and Letty come back uh, they wake up and Dee starts screaming as she wakes up and we're going to go ahead and cut to Tick, Montrose and Letty um, talking about the plan back in the garage and how to beat Christina and Montrose really wants Letty to leave uh, he's you know obviously like yeah, she's pregnant whatever and Tick is like look we got a fight mm -hmm. we got the book let's do this got what we need and they they go to the basement and they see something in the further basement with like red lights. The red light. And it's, it's like the shog off. Is this a shock off? Like it that's is. that's where they put it. What are they keeping it in the basement? I basement? guess. Man, well, because you, the end of episode eight has Tick putting the hand on it, and I don't see it in nine at all. Right. So which I was just it's a by. pet, but let that thing run free. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so they're gonna hop in the magic elevator that fills up with water, and they start like uh, it's cool. They do this like battle, this magic battle yeah. montage thing. They're getting prepped. Yeah. They're doing like. The salt in the ground. Yeah. They do my least favorite movie trope of all time, where <laughs> hand, Atticus cuts. cuts his entire palm. Yeah. Uh, but I guess if you know you're gonna die, who cares where you cut yourself? Right. But like, well, I mean, you hey, need your hands. You know, they say it in Pirates of the Caribbean: "Waste not." That's fair. And he didn't. It's not really applicable in this. I just wanted to reference that. I think nothing in Pirates is ever applicable. That first movie's not bad. You're right. It's not bad. Um, so they put the spell. They write the spell in salt, and they start like just their verbal partner, mm -hmm. really just going at it. 
uh, as they both speak, like this wind swirling around, and yeah, like, oh, cool, yeah, this is it's like, pretty cool. Yeah, the wind cool. comes out behind Tick, and it forms up and starts roiling around the ceiling. Yeah, and then a body shows up. Yeah, who do you think it was? Oh, did you know who it was? I assumed it was going to be who it was. Titus, I assumed yeah. it was Titus. Yeah, immediately it was Titus, which was cool. Yeah, but they also conjure Hannah. Yeah, which is which is also awesome. <laughs> and Titus is like. Who gave you magic? Yeah. Who taught you how to read? I like that he obviously hasn't been around for a while. He gets summoned back, and the first thing he's like, I better be racist. Yeah. I, I'm back from the dead. This was my part. Um, so Titus somehow escapes the circle as they're like trying to stab him. I, because because Titty, <clears throat> Letty and Tick are amateurs. Oh. And Titus is like, he was a professional practicing warlock, like sorcerer guy who very clearly knew what he was doing. Yeah. So he's looking at them like, ugh. And then he just, le well, because I assumed, based on fantasy magic logic, you break a circle of protection, you break it for everybody. But I didn't think the people were the circle, I thought the salt was the circle. Well, Tiki, Tiki, man, I keep combining their names. That's okay, they're a cute couple. Tiki. <laughs> they go, <laughs> they, they, well, enter, worse. they enter the circle. Like, they do enter it to start trying to beat him up. Yeah, so that, that's probably... They, and they I'm stop assuming, the incantation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So he disappears and then goes up on the street, but... I assumed we were going to get, like, a spectacle rampage. But the thing is that, like, they're in Artem, and when he appears, he appears... In, they go underground into the water thing. They go to Artem, but they're in... Aren't they in the Nexus underneath the library? But I thought that... Or the museum, rather. But I thought the museum... Museum's in, like, Boston. They're not in Chicago. That's I think what you're I'm right. saying. Yeah. And when he does go Titus, to Chicago, he goes to Chicago. I think he's going to his house. Oh, is that what he just goes home? Because his house is in Chicago. Oh, uh, okay. But it's, but that's not where he manifests in the street. I don't know. I mean, he manifests right in front of Christina. He doesn't have GPS. So, so he's not very precise. <clears throat> either they're both at the exact same location, or he goes to Christina. It's convenient writing so that we can have this upcoming confrontation. So, they do this all the time. They, yeah. They've done this throughout all ten episodes. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, so Christina swerves and hits a pole. It's a fun, it's a fun moment. No, I love it because she gets thrown from the windshield. Yeah, she's, she's not wearing out. a seatbelt. Yeah, and immediately she's fine, obviously because and she, she immediately goes to check on Ruby. Yeah, I think she actually loves Ruby. Yeah, that's pretty weird and cute. It's, I mean, as the episode goes on, it, it definitely is an interesting foil to her character. True. Anyway, um, and then Titus sees them and then immediately throws more uh, racist crap in there. My and then, granddaughter and dating a. <laughs> And before he can finish the sentence, he gets sucked back down into yeah. a circle, which was, it's probably one of the best parts of the whole episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tick stabs him, and then just starts cutting he the heart out of him. Not dismembering, but he starts, like, carving this guy. Yeah, I, I was like, is he taking his heart out? I thought out? he was going for the heart. He so just... I, but I think that he takes the protection. Oh, he cuts around his protection room. That's what I kind of thought, but I don't know if that makes sense. As I was watching it, as I was watching it, I assumed that he was getting a piece for a spell. I didn't think he was sure, targeting anyone specifically. But that is a weird spot to like hunk off a piece. Yeah, you can but, customize I mean, hand off quickly. True, but he's as we see later on, he's going for something that can be eaten. So he's he's going right. for like. And I guess at that point you. Would, but so chest what, meat. What would the chest meat be? A cut equivalent? It's not chuck. Well, it'd be like the breast, I guess, of a chicken. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not the worst meat. Are you looking this up? Don't look up human meat. No, not human <laughs> meat, but, uh, oh, picnic cut. Oh, oh no. What the hell's a picnic cut? Oh, no. I'm looking up, no, I'm looking up, um, like how, how butchers, like, will cut a pig. Yeah. Probably, it'd probably be the equivalent of, like, I guess, not ribs. It'd be close to a rib. I mean, your ribs are right here, so yeah. it'd be rib meat or, yeah. it, it wouldn't uh, be. Spare ribs. It wouldn't be bacon. good meat. It would be bacon. Oh, that's human bacon? Oh, wait, no. That's the rear of the pig. Yeah. Picnic cut. So, like, shoulder... Picnic cut is what they mm. call it on a pig. So it's like it's like stewing meat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he cuts He was pretty out. lean. He was pretty lean, yeah. Old, though. It's aged Aged. <laughs> uh, so he cuts that chunk out, and um, they continue, like, speaking Adam and Titus... Titus and uh, Letty speaks some more words, and then the grandmother goes, and then Hannah goes, and the mom suddenly goes. And it seems like they are being dismissed. Yeah, like, the, Final, like their finality. stuff is done. Yeah. And Letty's like, yeah, that was the easy part. What did you think they were going to do? Did you have any kind of premonition? Like, okay, that's the easy part. What are they? I assume they were going to fight Christina magically. Like, yeah. Or somehow, they keep, they keep talking about binding her. And I was like, yeah. I don't know, maybe they're going to like... I did have a I did I, have a hard time throughout this episode understanding what they were trying to do. Because at one point they said they were reversing the spell. At one point, 
they obviously can't bind the book, which I think is something else. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, so coming from just having read about magic and fantasy a lot, I assume they were doing some sort of dispel, where they yeah. dispel the magic, or they counterspell it, or they nullify it. or It was some sort of, like, con like you know, conflict cancel out magic. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any specific thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't I, sure, and it was not <clears throat> clear. But we cut to Hippolyta, and she's checking on D, and she hands her what she says her favorite, which I guess is peanut butter and jelly and a slice sure. of pie. And we see her, like, her withered hand. Her left yeah, hand D's got her hand in a sling. And that's D's drawing hand, unfortunately, mm -hmm. so she's upset. And uh, D is just mad. She's like, you left me. And that's obvious, you know, D's still a kid. Um, and Hippolyta tells her her whole story. Uh, Hippolyta's like, look, I, I traveled. I lived lives. I could have named myself everything. D even tells her, um, she, he's like, she, I travel to places not even George could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't care what you would have done. Uh, she's like, if I, if I could have, I would have been there for you. And she's like, I don't care what you would have done. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're going to cut back to Montrose, Tick and Letty, and they... Well, is this when she presents her with the comic book? Not yet. That's not yet. Okay, no. cool. Um, Montrose, Tick and Letty, and they're talking about needing a piece of Christina. And Hippolyta walks in, so we're like, cool, we're getting the team up. And then Christina just walks in. And she, yeah, she she straight up approaches the garage and, like, walks in. Just walks right in, yeah. And um, she wants to talk, and Christina's like, look, it's not personal. And Montrose's like, you're trying to kill my yeah, son. Yeah, Montrose immediately calls her out on her bullshit. Yeah. It's great. And she's like, no, his death is a consequence of a spell I'm trying to cast. Like, <laughs> she's, like, trying to have a semantical battle why his son right. should die. Um, but she really wants the book of names, and... Um, she kind of offers, she goes, look, uh, I'll make sure that you're safe, your family's safe, if I just get that book. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I didn't believe her. No. Tick doesn't Of course not. Um, well, because, yeah, Christina is like that, you know, I'm doing this because I'm a woman and it's been hard. And also, you black people are just a step to me realizing my own ends. Right. Yeah. And, when, and when you say something like, oh, uh, no, it's a consequence of a spell, <laughs> you're obviously not caring about people no. anymore. Um, so Tick obviously says no, and when she walks away, she speaks uh, the language of Adam, mm -hmm. and Letty doubles over, yeah. and you see that spell go off yep. in her stomach, and it's like, oh crap. But my question is that if the bloodline is always safe of magic, wouldn't that baby be safe? Or just a fetus, and Letty Maybe can burn around her. Who knows? So the team go home, um, and did you happen to notice that there was a new family moving in across the street? Yeah, it's black. Yeah, they're black. I thought people. that was cool. Yeah, they're moving into the neighborhood. It's great. Uh, so Tick makes a call to the Drake Hotel, and immediately, you know, it's like, oh, here comes Gia. Mm -hmm. So we cut to Gia, and she's being hit on by some scumbag. Yep. <laughs> and she says something in Korean, and he's like, oh, are you Chinese? Well, he's he's trying to guess. Yeah. He's like, oh, are you Chinese? She says something in Korean, and he goes, oh, uh, yeah. uh, oh, dot, and dot, it, dot. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> Would you die to F me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know she's putting it all, all out on the table. Dude, I think it's cool because I was thinking for a second, most guys would still say yes. Yes, because yeah. they think she's just doing a come on. Right, and I thought that he was going to say yes too. Mm -hmm. It but is he, one hell of a Tinder line. Yeah. I am. I'm fine with it. Um, so he walks away and then Tick... Yeah, she, he just leaves. Yeah. He's like, I'm not interested. Tick shows right up and he's like, look, what we had was real. Um, yeah, he's like, you know, what we had was... He... he lays it on the table for her in a way that's very non-confrontational and like feels like he's kind of come to terms with I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I actually didn't like this scene. No? No, and I don't like I didn't like the fact that he was calling her family um, because it made it seem like she was welcome into the fold where I'm not sure Letty would have been okay with this. Just which, an endorsement of polyamory. Just like just like Hippolyta, uh, just like Tick's mom being like, hey, your dad and Montrose and I had a good thing going. Yeah, we're all cool with that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the way he's like, listen, like, well, I guess we're just family. Uh, I don't know. There's something about it. Just kind, I, of, kind the, of read. The use weird. of family was an interesting thing, but yeah, you know, he was very cool. Like, oh, I don't love you. It's really about family. Well, I will protect you at its heart. It just seemed like he just needed her help. It's like Fast and Furious. At its heart, it's about family. Yeah, and like you, you see the team building. Like, yeah, you yes. Hippolyta the time traveler. Let's go grab Gia the monster. The fox spirit. <laughs> the fox spirit. Let's get D the, um, well, we're not going to spoil well, well, D with her robot arm. Yeah. Anyway. Letty um, with her magic baby. And Tick. <laughs> and Montrose, the gay man. Yeah. We're all here. With our powers combined. Um, and Tick was like, look, you lose a part of yourself when you lose someone that's close to you. And it's called grieving. 
and then they talk about that family crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. She tells him that she saw the shaman and that uh, Tig will die and that she's supposed to go further into the darkness, which I'm not really sure why we got this until you think about the end again. Yeah, and, it's, it's very literal. Yeah, and Tig was like, look, we could be monsters or we could be heroes. That's fine. Um, we're going to cut to Ruby and she's at the mom's grave and Letty tells her that the reason she wasn't at the funeral was because mm -hmm. she was in jail. Yeah. What did this tell you? Nothing. Not really. It, it's it's a character moment, but it, I feel like it should have come earlier in the series. It almost seems like just a way to have a familial conversation starter, yeah. which is eh, stupid, but whatever. Um, so Ruby and Letty kind of have that conversation about how um, a lot about family in a different way. Yeah. And well, they're saying like family is not necessarily an obligation. It's your willingness to sacrifice yourself for other people. Right. And then Ruby comes back with, oh well. They t they, Letty shows Ruby that she has the book and what the plan is to attack Christina. Yeah. And then Ruby immediately is just like, uh, uh, nah, you only want to be family when it gets you something. And yeah. she's kind of right. And, yeah, she's kind of been right this entire season. Ruby is the number one character, I think. Yeah. Um, she is right, uh, because from her point of view, the it's, only time it's Letty shows up. nothing for Ruby until, until Letty needs something. Yeah. So I, I get it. Listen, you got to get your girl slash boyfriend... You gotta get me a bit of her blood, yeah, so that she doesn't kill my boyfriend. And, but now she does say, "There's one more thing you need to know," and then we're gonna cut away from that scene. What did you think Letty was gonna tell Ruby? I don't know. I don't either. It's it's just <laughs> maybe that maybe that Tick is gonna die if Christina does her spell because she doesn't. I don't but, think Ruby knew that at that point. I think so because I think Ruby was fine with it. She didn't care yeah. about Tick. We never, we still never see Ruby and Tick interact with no. this entire show. We never will. No, never no, will. we won't. Um, immediately I was like, whatever is going to happen with Ruby is wrong. The next scene, I knew that off the bat. Yeah, I knew that it was bad. But we're gonna cut to. Um, I I had a note at at the cemetery scene. I had a note saying. Is Ruby cool? Yes or no? And I, waited, I mean, and I yeah. was waiting, <laughs> and I was waiting to circle one of them depending on the reveal. Yeah. So we leave that scene, and we're going to go to um, D, and she has a copy of the paper where mm -hmm. the cops that killed Emmett Tillman yeah. get off. Yep. And she's just, acquitted. She's just scribbling on it, and then a comic slides under the door, and it's Arithia uh, Blue. Yeah. But it's a very, very well done. Version. It is an actual comic book, like yeah. fully produced. And she opens it, and Hippolyta tells her about her friend Afua, who yeah. taught her how to draw. The artist. Which I'm guessing is, do you think that's the Afro lady? It's uh, No, it's Afua Richardson. Oh, like the actual one? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh. Um, because she's done, if you go to her Twitter, at Afua Richardson, she has uh, Lovecraft Country art on her oh, Twitter. Oh, right on. Uh, I did not get that. For those who don't know, she's the Eisner Award winning artist behind the Black Panther World of Wakanda. Uh, Aquarius Book of Myrrh, she's a writer, musician, illustrator, she's a triple threat, and she was kind of referenced slash featured because she did the art for the comic book that they used in the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. When when it came to me, I logged that in my memory as like, oh, that must be the, the, the big Afro lady from her that's, trip. Yeah. But I don't, now, I don't that, know. I don't think she played her, but... No, yeah. that's a way better story. Um, and that's when Dee tells her that she can't draw because of her hand, mm -hmm. and... Hippolyta kind of goes in this conversation about how people think of time as a physical manifestation. And the point of that is letting her know, like, hey, time does not stop. Yeah. You're going to get through this. We'll get through it. We'll do it together. And is is this a conversation where she says that it's a wind? It's a breeze that moves through you instead? Kind is of. Is that this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure that was Lovecraft Country and not something else I'm reading, which is about time fuckery. No, that's, okay. that's, that's <laughs> this. Um, and then... She's like, look, moments will pass, yeah. whatever. And then Hippolyta takes her into a room with a lot of gadget sounds. You can hear a lot of mechanical whirring and yeah. clicking, and Dee looks amazed and delighted. Yeah. And then it cuts away. Uh, obviously. <laughs> um, so, but it cuts to Christina and Ruby, and they're, well, they're cut, cuts to Christina looking over mm -hmm. her plans. Ruby walks in, and Christina tells her uh, all the different elements of magic. Yeah, intent, body, yeah. stuff like that. Pretty much everything she knows how yeah. to make her potions. And Christina comes across as though she's worried that her spell is not going to work. And Ruby's like, look, your spell is going to work. Uh, I promise. And Ruby consoles, and they kiss for the first time. And there's that weird scene where, like, uh, Christina's like, is this, is this your first time? She, she holds off a little bit. Yeah. She looks a little hesitant to kiss uh, Ruby now that neither of them are potioned. Yeah, it's the first time they've ever kissed yeah. as, as their, natural, their, as their, their birth bodies. Their birth bodies, yeah. yeah. 
and it lets you know like, hey, this is Ruby's first time with a woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what we know later is worse. It makes Christina yes. very, very bad. Um, we're gonna cut from there to Tick wearing those baptism clothes that we saw in the flash forward. And he and Letty are chatting and they do that thing where like, you know, uh, Tick's hands on the When belly. you're desperate, turn to God. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? And, when you're, uh, when you're net, like, Defiance of the natural order gets taken away. Yeah. I guess you can go back to God. When you can no longer believe in magical curses. You believe in a different magical curse. Yeah, you have to fall back on the original magical curse, which <laughs> is religion. Um, and she's like, look, there's God in all of us. I don't understand the scene, but she's like, look, there's God in all of us. There's even God in this baby. You have to trust in us. Which I guess is just consoling to You know, Christianity is full of rituals. When when you when you decode the like the biblical aspect and you describe the act of it. Yeah. Like, we go into a big house, we chant, and then the priest hands out what he claims is the body of our God and the blood of our God, and we eat it as a group, and it gives us protection. Yeah. It sounds like a magical spell. There's so many handshakes, though. It sounds so yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do some chanting, and then, uh, you know, we anoint each other with water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to cut the tick in Jordan's garage, and he's watching, like, his family, and he's watching life happen. This is a very... This was like a real tick moment yeah. for me, at least, where he has this moment of like pausing and noticing that everybody's together. Yeah. And it looks like everybody, despite the fact they're getting ready to go, they look like they're having an okay time. They're together. They are a community. Yeah. They're working towards a common goal. And, and that's all that he's ever wanted. And I've definitely had those moments where I stop at like a get together yep. or a party or something and you stop and you kind of look at who's all there and what's happening. You're like, yeah. all right, I got to commit this because... It's one of those times. Yeah, you gotta you gotta absorb this moment. You gotta take it. Yeah. In, and, and and it's really there's two moments that really caught me in this show. Yeah. This, this was one of them. Um, but immediately he's like, "Look, we gotta go." <laughs> uh, so they all hop into Woody, and Ruby walks up, and he gives Letty a vial. Yes. So now, what did you think this vial was? I I was willing to give Ruby the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because we've seen her in previous episodes um, talk, not talk down, but um, reprimand Letty for thinking that Ruby would go against family. Because when True. Letty previously has confronted Ruby about her spying for Christina, Ruby was always like, no, I'm not. Why would I? I'm not, I'm not spying on you for her. I'm doing the opposite. Yeah. So I was willing to give Ruby the benefit of the doubt in this situation. So, given Ruby the benefit of doubt, what was in the vial? I assumed it was Christina's body stuff. Okay. I, I assumed that she had done what Letty wanted her to do and yeah. got blood from Christina. I, I didn't... I thought... I didn't think they were going to tell me how, but I thought that would be an awkward conversation to have with a practicing magician. It's like, hey, can I get some of your blood? It's not for magic. Something different. I just want to wear it around my neck. You remember Angelina Jolie? We went the Billy Bob thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I honestly, for some reason, I don't know why, I guess I'm dumb. I thought that it was a turning potion to make oh. Letty the white woman. Oh. That's what I originally thought. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that'll be kind of a that cool be, twist. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I wonder what's going on with that, but no. Um, make, uh, make Letty into Christina and Christina gets the immortality. That, or, that would have been... Or puts her into Hillary's body <laughs> yeah. for some, you know, something. Yeah. Um, but we're going to cut to that to uh, another very endearing scene. It's fine. No, this scene's great. They're all singing in the car. Yeah. Tick's taken in. Bass part comes. Tick takes the yes. bass. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's whatever. No, it was nice to see Tick kind of. But like... then you go to Montrose and he's like kind of sad, and they mm -hmm. kind of get him in, yeah. and, he, and he does like yeah. the one part. No, that scene's great. Now, do you remember that what the song is, and when it was previously in the show? What was the song? It's like "Give Me Your Heart" or something. No. Well, it's a love. It's a like kind of song about like letting your heart do something. Yeah, yeah. But previously in the show. Ruby disparaged the song and says that she disliked it very strongly. Oh, right. That's yeah. the one that somebody suggests. Yeah. Oh, you're right. But so Ruby this is the first this. hint that it Dude, may not be... Didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Good job. That was cool. I was like, oh, this scene is so cute. Um, it is a cute scene. Yeah. And then they're back at Artem. Then they're back at Artem. Uh, takes in the woods and they're, he has that hunk of meat out. Yeah. And he just puts that piece of meat in his Casual mouth. Casual cannibalism. And... Uh, doubles back with yeah. the, the shot of blood and not even uh, doesn't not even a chaser he just no. goes for it and then he takes Montrose's flask obviously mm -hmm. and Montrose oh, like, yeah, oh, steal on your side and I'm like what is happening here but I kind of forgot that like I guess I didn't realize that mm -hmm. Montrose didn't know the whole plan he, uh does he not 
Well, at the end, you find <laughs> that he doesn't. Okay. But oh, right. At this point, I was like, "What's on the other side?" And then I thought that Tick was going to change yeah. bodies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that would be interesting, <laughs> right? Um, but they're putting a big salt circle up, and uh, Tick moves. It is a massive salt circle Huge. based on where Montrose is going, and I have to wonder how much did all that salt cost? Yeah, I mean, and did they carry it in? That is like a pallet. And where does salt, salt go? Because the Woody was full of people. Yeah. There was no salt. Like, you don't see them loading it into the trunk. Also, Whatever. Also, the salt did nothing. Right? Like, can we agree? Well, they never finished it. They never finished oh, the circle yeah, because so. on the bridge. Well, the weird thing but, is when, no, Tick, you're right. when Tick walks into the <clears> into the shambles, all, like, a bunch of white people show up. And they show up out of the... It's the people who lived in the village, and they show up out of the ruins. Yeah, but are they real people or are they ghosts? I don't know. But why would Tick be okay with a bunch of people just grabbing him and leading him somewhere? Because he's doing his... He knows that it has to happen. I didn't like these white people. Me neither. Also, they don't show back up. I don't understand that. No. Um, again, a lot of this is for show, yeah. and they're ignoring the implications of it in a world. They're writing it for the, they're writing it for the moment, not for the script. So we're going to cut to Ruby and Letty, and they're marking their room. We kind of go off cuts, and it seems like the, everyone's The minute it showed them together... Yeah. And shows Ruby's side. So it did some something very interesting. I don't know if it was intentional. Ruby is very precise on her symbols, and Letty is having trouble. And I'm like, uh oh. Oh, cool. I was like, okay. Well, it was that moment. I was like, yeah. Ruby's Christina. Yep. I knew what it mean. Or at least on her side. I I, 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 I was. I was hesitant to say that she was on her side, and more willing to be like, uh oh, they're shapeshifted. I think because since. <laughs> Since Tick didn't change bodies, which was not what the vial did, mm -hmm. I thought that it didn't work, which made me think, oh, I was like, Ruby's Christina, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Okay. And uh, then that's like a really good fight up there. It's, it's a brutal fight. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little action movie-ish with some of the moves. Yeah. Letty does a few, like, turns and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, like, there's wooden planks being broken over each other's backs, and they're punching each other, and yeah. they're slamming each other against walls. And that's when, like... Christina kind of reveals, like, hey, I caught Ruby trying to steal some stuff. Yeah. And, and then at that point, I went back to my, is Ruby cool, yes, no, no. I added other and circled that. Oh, <laughs> she's so cool. Um, she's cool, but she's probably Oh, dead. yeah. And while they're fighting, there's all the white people apparently swarm everybody else. It's it's the plan falls apart intercuts where white people swarm Tick, white people swarm Montrose and Gia, white people but swarm But my question D. is that if... if well, no, if, not that, but white Shoggoth swarm D. Yeah. <laughs> but my question is that if... Okay, hang out with me for a second. Mm -hmm. If Ruby was trying to steal from Christina, that would mean that she didn't tell her the plan. She was still trying to be on Letty's side, right? Sure. And Christina caught Ruby and killed Ruby. Yeah, Right. presumably. Uh, we see Ruby in a bed... We see, a we see a vision of her in one of the coma beds, that, but in my, one of the potion beds. But my question is, how did Christina know the plan if Ruby never turned? I'm assuming if you know if you know magic, and Obviously. you know what you are trying to do, Yeah. my assumption would be you're trying to get a piece of me, you're trying to disrupt my ritual, no matter how that is. Oh, because she did know that he was trying to reverse the spell. <laughs> and she was drawing the symbols as Ruby. She was drawing yeah, the symbols on the fair. wall. So I would, as someone who knows magic, I think she'd be like, they have me drawing disruption symbol or whatever it is they have me drawing disruption symbols on the wall oh they're learning and then you know you throw yeah. her off a tower um so the team's getting beat up and uh ruby throws letty right the window loved it that was great as a as a storytelling moment yeah. i was like oh someone's gonna save nope nope single shot of her Dead. falling from yep. the top down to the back loved it uh we cut to d and she's alone and she's in woody she's in woody and she's reading i think she's reading i think she's reading the comic I, no, no, she's no, a she's, book. Yeah, I thought she read Lovecraft Country. By jo I think she is. I, I think, think so she's too. Reading, yeah. Um, because when they cut to D and she's reading, I thought for a second I was like, "Oh, that is actually in the book," and they know what's going to happen, so they flip oh, it. Oh, that would be cool. Would have been cool. That would have been very Did cool. Did not happen. Uh, all that we see D for is to uh, because she's scared because there's Shoggoths out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you hear uh, as the subtitles are kind enough to say, "Monsters chittering." Monster chit, yeah. and then one tree falls over. Um, so yeah. Tick now is being strapped down and Christina just walks in the stupid white outfit yeah. and she's got the book and at that moment Tick knows what's up. Yep. Because oh, yeah, Letty had the book. He he starts, yeah. Yeah. And uh, white people bring all the heroes. They, yeah. they caught all of them. Montrose is on like a stretcher. He got beat up real bad. And I, I thought he was dead or close to dead. Yeah. Which makes the ending a little bit different but we'll get to that in a sec. Um, Tick asks about Letty. Christina doesn't answer. Nope. And he <laughs> he knows. He loses it. 
Uh, we go back to D, and she's terrified. Um, she sees a Shoggoth, and the Shoggoth's actually really cool, and it starts like eating half that car. Yeah. Uh, but then the other Shoggoth comes. Yeah, Black Shoggoth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Black Shoggoth. You know, yes, I, it's a darker skinned Shoggoth. You know, I wrote that and I took that out. Really? I didn't want to hmm. say it. Oh well, okay. Because <laughs> it sounded possessive instead of informative. <laughs> oh, I get it. Um, it is a. Yeah. It is a lazy storytelling visual <laughs> indicator of yep. what side the Shoggoth is. Instead of having a bunch of pale Shoggoths fight each other, yeah. the one that's on the good side is the same. You might yeah. as well have a dark CGI battle at nighttime. Right. If you're going to be a good show. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's obvious that the Shoggoth's here to protect T, too. Or a D. Which... Yeah. It's... it's, is it, it's I guess familial, then. We not learn, so much... Well, we will learn later from a... We, we can imply from a future flashback that... Tick either passed on protection to D or told the Shoggoth oh, to protect right. D. Because there's that shot of her doing the hand on the forehead thing. Yeah, but I I was under the impression but that, yes, that Shoggoth was there it for was the familial. family. I assumed. Tick's family. Yeah. But then I guess if Tick is George's... Wait, that would make D and Tick brother and sister almost. She's cousins. But if George is Tick's dad... And oh, D's, yeah. Right? Maybe, so, yeah. So You're I guess right. That, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, Good catch. I never, th I never thought about the further implications. Yeah, of that. me neither. Um, Tick is uh, being pushed upright, and dude, they slice his arms. Uh, I saw this, and I'm like, he is going to die. Yeah, there's you. You cannot fix that. Down, down the street, like it is a, it is along his forearm, yeah. elbow, elbow to wrist, and it she is does gushing. It, it is doing what would happen if you do that. Like I've never seen that much blood on TV. This will, <laughs> I, I. I had two oh shit moments. One when Letty hit the ground, because I, I did not expect that. Yeah, yeah. I was thrilled that they would do that. Yeah. Because storytelling, yeah, of course. Storytelling. They don't... It's a Game of Thrones it's episode one thing. We're like, yes. oh, Ned's dead. Yeah. They're doing anything. Yep. That's uh, cool. That's episode nine, but yeah, close enough. That was episode nine? Episode nine, when Ned gets... Oh, I guess it's the oh, end of season one. Spoilers for what used to be the best show on TV. <laughs> yeah, one of the best seasons of the show. Um... Now I'm mad. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. no, the, the, the oh shit moments were when Letty gets thrown out of the tower. She gets Brand, and then, um, that's a bad joke. Yeah, Brand. But uh, <laughs> it took me a second. Uh, and then when she slices, takes yeah. arms, and then just gets under it. It's because there's a certain, the more supernatural the violence is, the easier it is to fix in the narrative, just by virtue of you know, when you have a supernatural solution, you can bring a supernatural, or when you have a supernatural problem your supernatural solution is probably going to be brought in. Yeah. When you have something as mundane as just slicing a dude down the arms, you have to either A, be really bad screenwriters to fix it. Where we show, we show Tick alive later on with his arms in bandaged In a hospital up. bed. Some, he wakes yeah. up in a hospital bed yeah. and you're like, this is nonsense. Or B, you do an ass pull and you do a magic healing thing. Because we haven't seen magic heal anybody, I don't hmm. think. Not since the man Never came to mind. Oh yeah. Ugh, God. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Um, so seeing him get his arms sliced like this, I was yeah. like, okay, he is going to Dead die. Zero. Right. Yep. But and then also she... you're like, how does how is this gonna fix? Because like it yeah. was so drastic, you're like, he's dead. Yeah. Letty's dead. What's happening? And I was I was like, alright, cool, they got something cool going on. Yeah. And then Christina like walks up and showers in it. Just bathes in it. Oh man, it is crazy. Um And then uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Well, and then the ritual starts. So the, ri the ritual starts... What? The bloodletting? Oh, yeah. So Christina's, like, under all she this She needs blood. the moon to be in the right space. Yeah, she's waiting for the moon. Yeah. She gets under... And then tick, it's time. And then Letty walks up. Yes. Well, sorry, the spirit... No, the, the smoke... The, the like spell the, starts. The spirit thing, or whatever's coming out of Tick, goes into Christina. The black smoke that we saw from the ring... Yeah. ...in this episode two comes out of Tick and enters into Christina. And then it slowly turns into a blue light, and then Tick sags... Yeah, so then there's a couple things that happen here. That's when, I guess, Letty wakes up, right? She runs. She well, runs to the ritual site. Well, yes. she wakes up. Yes. Like, we see her go, <gasps> oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know why. We find out later. Okay. Um, so Letty shows up, Tick sees her, and then she's like, look, I love you. And then he dies. Yep. And Letty yeah. stabs Christine in the back, and yeah. Letty starts with laughing the, at her. With the ritual sword, which I thought might have had an impact, but it doesn't. It doesn't. She, she just She pulls laughing. it out, and then it heals up. Yeah. And um, I guess the ritual to make you immortal cleans all the blood off your skin? 
because she was skin, pristine but except also, for her clothing. But your her dress was now a perfect red. Yeah. It wasn't like gloopy or anything. Nope. It was like she put on a red dress. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. Her skin is perfect. Um, but yeah, so Christina's laughing at her, and Letty's like nonstop just speaking Adam uh, language. Yeah. And she's like, look, just give it up. Um, she says that she's immortal now. And then Gia. Oh, the smoke is still like entering from. The, it's like coming out of tick into the moon. Oh no, that hasn't no, happened yet. It yeah. comes no. out of tick into Christina. Yes, yeah. and then. She's... But then Gia comes, and Gia grabs tick with a couple tails. Their bodies have to be. They need. Oh, they gotta because, be touching. Because Christina reveals that the vial did not have her blood in it because she knew what Ruby was trying to do and right. she faked it. Yeah. So they need a piece of. They need Christina's body in tick. Yeah. Or connected to Tick in some way. So then Gia. So then Gia has her <laughs> has her eye tails come out, and con and wraps around the two of them. Yeah, and I guess she's like transferring blood to them. I <laughs> right? Or is she? Oh, because I never he, assumed the tails were transferring blood. I just assumed it was a lazy like. Now they're connected. But it wasn't touching because he had to eat it. He had to yes. ingest it to you're, be in No, there. you're right. So I assumed it was a lazy law of transference. No, she's doing the equivalent of like yeah. siphoning gas out of somebody's car and putting it into like. <laughs> So I guess she, a garden hose. She's sucking it's fine. both of them and yeah. then mixing it. Oh, whatever. Um, oh, man. I assumed it was way lazier. No. Um, so then... And then uh, all this time, Letty is still speaking the spell. Yeah. And then the black smoke leaves Christina. Well, Gia has the flashes of those things that she saw before. Oh, yes. But then she sees a couple things that have changed. Yes. Which she is sees, odd. But then I guess she's she also seeing Christina. getting bound, bonded with the Shoggoth. Yep. She sees Tick's baptism. Yep. She sees Christina as Ruby at top of the tower chanting. Yeah. Which I assumed was her restoring the invulnerability right to Letty as a way of maintaining her promise to not hurt her sister while still getting her out of the way. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I remember she's chanting something over top of the tower. Yeah, I just thought that was like a couple se like a couple seconds ago. Oh, but maybe not. Um, I well, assume that was her restoring Letty's invulnerability after removing her from the space. But if she was restoring her invulnerability, why would she throw her out of the... To get her out of the way. I'm taking your invulnerability away, I'm knocking you out, I'm giving you your invulnerability back, so you're out of the way, but I haven't technically broken my promise. Mm, that seems dumb, but... It does. Because I think she also <laughs> ki I think she also kills Ruby. So I don't yes, see why she would I agree. Want... Oh, we also see a flashback of Ruby in like a, 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 bed. a coma bed. Yeah. <laughs> The bed that oh, she uses bed. to drain her, drain their blood. Oh, it's the yeah. same thing William was in. Yeah, you're right. Um, I also assume Ruby was dead because I'm not a huge fan of the idea that if it doesn't happen on screen, they're yeah. not dead. I hate that. It's lazy. It is lazy. It, it's lazy writing. People, yeah. I have a personal vendetta against that because I spent a decade arguing that Serial Pharrell in Game of Thrones was dead despite the fact he doesn't die on screen. People thought he was coming back and I spent a decade arguing that he was dead. If, if man, ah. any character dies off screen, it's stupid. But also disagree. It's got to be well written. It has to be done well. Yeah, I agree. But I would have been satisfied with this if we didn't see a Ruby flashback. There was no, the there's no point. I, I didn't need to see yeah. that. I didn't because if Christina's dead, I will say Ruby got done dirty. Yes, she's the most interesting character on the show. Dying off screen. She in had, this case. She had the most human characteristics. Mm -hmm. She was the most relatable mm -hmm. and. Uh, she ended up being one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I liked her. She definitely got wronged by everybody. Everybody. Including the writers. Now, quick question. Yeah. Did Letty get pregnant so that there could be a baby? And is that lazy writing? So that there could be a baby? It seemed like they a lot... They don't show a baby in the show, do they? At no, the end? no. But okay. there was there was a big point about her being branded for invulnerability, yeah. that, that she has the bloodline... So it seemed like there wasn't. I don't. I don't know that I would say it's lazy. Yeah. But it does. A. It plays into the plot. Yeah. B. It is a way to show that their legacy goes on. Yeah. Which yeah. is fine. I guess. I guess. And they, I'm using "fine" in the way that I do when I pronounce it that way. Yeah. And I guess they need it so that the future can happen, so that book can get written. So it uh, is. I it, don't know. it ticks enough boxes that you can click next on the form, yeah. but it's none of the optional stuff that makes it worth it. Um. Uh. And so the spell goes off. Spell goes off. There's a big explosion. Blackness. Which is dumb. There's a big. There's a big blue and black sphere that expands from this ritual site, and I'm like, is this is question, is a distorted sphere expanding outwards the new beam of light into the sky 
man, I hope Because it's been hoping, it's been happening yeah. a lot in a lot of stuff. Luckily, it's been happening in good things. It has. So, Watchmen did it. And that was great. But that was great. Yeah, this one was good. This one was, I, I'm, I'm going to say that it was used for the aesthetic appeal. Yes. If it had been a beam of light into the sky, I would have been less satisfied. Agreed. And it does make the fall into blackness mean something. Because they pushed a lot of that, of, of her storyline, into this episode. Yes. Just to wrap it up. Yeah. They say, oh, my mom died. Shaman they mean said it this. literally in Gia's case that you haven't yet seen, you haven't yet melded with the darkness. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is the darkness. So would that mean no, that... No, we mean literally the black smoke. So would that mean that Gia now is gone? Right? We never see her after this. Right. Nobody so mentions her after right. this. It's, um, uh, you know, it's another minority character kind of pushed aside so the main characters can have their story told. <laughs> from uh, there. You can't from see there. it, but I'm tugging my collar. All I'm saying is I couldn't get away with this. Christina wakes up from there speaking uh, language of Adam, and she's trapped under a bunch of rocks. She's trapped under a perfectly arranged rock yeah, just like sarcophagus. A, a, tent, <laughs> a tent of rocks. And, um... Somebody says, you bound me from magic. That's Christina. Yeah, Letty Christi walks up and she's like, you bound me from magic. Yeah. And Letty's like, not just you. Every white person yeah. in the world. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, she's like, magic is ours now. Uh, and then Montrose well, is up. You know what I liked about that? What? There's no moment in this show where they have that like, well, you know, a lot of white people are okay. So we didn't take it from everybody. Oh, true. They, they never redeem it. Th this is very much like... This is very much, like, it doesn't have that trope where in a lot, oh, in a lot of fiction that examines race relations and stuff, mm -hmm. there's always the one white person who's more progressive than the era. Oh, yeah. There's cool. always that pre presentism where it's like, there's always that one cool white guy. Yeah. We don't really see that in the show. No. Nope. And the ending does not pull, like, does not pull punches in saying that we shouldn't condemn everybody. Do you think there's any it, dumb racist in the world that will think that this is real? And that black people are magic. I don't think anybody who is racist is going to finish this show. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, I, I imagine there might be one or two think pieces written on the One America Network or like Breitbart about like Lovecraft Country imagines a world in which the black person is superior, and then they post that without any sense of irony whatsoever. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> so we cut from there. Yeah, like I said, Montrose is up. Even though a second ago he was knocked out almost dead. Well, we don't know how much time has passed between For the some reason, explosion and the... The way that all this goes, I... And I guess... Oh, it's not portrayed great, but we it, don't know. Because I was like, did Tick give his life up so that Letty can come back to life? Did Tick give his life so Mantra... I didn't understand. No, Tick went through with it because he was mistakenly of the belief that everything had gone right. Yeah. But <laughs> I will say... Little... I will say that this is... The most endearing and uh, heart-wrenching part of the of the, this season. Yeah, Montrose calling for Tick to get up. Just come on, boy. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's get, get out of here. Your your stuff's done. <sighs> yeah. And that yeah, goes. Yeah, it's rough. And that's Michael K. Williams. That's not the writing. That's he's, Michael K. He's, Williams. He's perfect. He's. I I will say, he elevates the show. Where if he was played by a, if that character was played by a different person who couldn't act quite so well, I would not have such a positive outlook on this completed season. I agree. I think that his performance makes the show better. Mm -hmm. Because he is yes. so believable and, and such a beautiful actor. Yeah. And I lost it. Like, I didn't even take notes in this part because I straight broke. And I yeah. wanted to write down what his what Tick's letter says that he apologizes for the secret. And I couldn't. I could not get through the scene. Yeah. Um, but what he reads to him is a, a portion of the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Which is must. perfect because that's how everything started. It all yeah. started with Monte Cristo. Full circle. Yeah. Uh, which, full circle. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and that... His letter is just such a heartbreaking, beautiful thing, mm -hmm. and yeah, that, yeah. I think Michael K. Williams is yeah, he's the best actor in this in this whole oh, show. Yeah. And I mean, Tick has a couple scenes where he's great. Letty's amazing. Letty's great, but and Ruby's great. I mean, Michael K. Williams is a professional, longtime actor who, despite being a straight man, often plays gay characters. Yeah, like he was in The Wire. He's done it in a few other acts, but he does it very well, and he does it without making it. He is never. A cartoon. He is no. never a caricature. He no. always lends weight to it. If you if you follow us on Instagram, you happen to see uh, a thing I posted um, uh, a couple days ago about how Michael K. Williams is very clear to Hollywood that no one gets to tell his story. That he gets to tell his stories of feeling yeah. and passion through his characters, and I think that's perfect. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so Hippolyta gives him that letter from Tick. Yeah. That's great. They take Tick back. Yeah, and uh, Christina is calling for help, and yeah. the family <laughs> Shoggoth comes up with yeah. D. And, and D has a cloak. D has a cloak has a cape on, on. And a, and a and monster. And she pulls it, and she flings her cloak back, and she has this goddamn, like, diesel punk robot arm. This crazy cybernetic arm. Which, for a second, I forgot that Hippolyta had, like, been exposed to sci-fi stuff. And I was, like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> and then I remembered Hippolyta being like, I know how to do robot stuff. And I'm like, cool. Cool. Okay. But then D puts her hand... On Christina's oh, Christina's neck. begging for help. Oh yeah, D. Yep. Hey, D, help me out. Help, help me. So Christina, or D, puts her hand on her neck, mm -hmm. and at first I'm like, "What? What are they gonna do with this stupid crap?" Uh, and then. But then she crushes she it. She pops and her neck like a explodes it, and that is so cool. And then pretty much. And then they, she says, "They never learn." Speaking about probably both white people begging yep. for help from those they oppressed. And her family being willing to still grant mercy to people who have betrayed them time and time again. Yeah, that's fair. But then also D and her Shoggoth howl at the moon. Yeah. And that's how it ends. Yeah. Is she the big bad in season two? I hope they don't do a season two. They're going to. I hope they don't. Uh, they run out. They ran out of source material. So that, that's B, true. They have to be real careful about it turning into Game of Thrones season five through ten, which it could easily happen. Very easily. I mean, if you think about like the but, the the viewership went up forty percent from episode one to the finale. Okay. This show is a hit. Now, remember when Tick went into the future, the book was given to him by a woman with a robot arm. So that's D in the future, giving Tick a book and completing the stable time loop, which oh, okay. means so that'd be it this show exists in a stable time loop. Yeah, that's cool. Which means season two is very difficult to do, unless yeah. they do some weird, like, D is an older woman with a robot arm in <clears throat> 2010. Well, there there is... I think Hippolyta can get to that place where she can call herself whatever. Sure. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. I just don't know what they would do with it, because it seems like the focus of this is racism, Racism throughout time, yeah, and subtle sci-fi. Now, stuff. if they do an anthology series, if they'd make season two the same actors playing different characters, I would hate that. You would hate that. I don't like that. You don't want them to do like an American <clears throat> horror. Now, bad example. You don't yeah. want them to do an American Horror Story style thing. No, I hate American Horror Story. I wish there were more anthology series on. I love True Detective. All three seasons. I will defend season two. There's no need for an anthology series. I don't necessarily agree. Like, storytelling is storytelling. Yeah. Why have the same actors playing different roles just to confuse an audience? If you want to do a different time frame, if you want to advance it to the 70s, and you want to make it about race tensions under Nixon. Yeah, but then it almost seems like a reboot of itself for some reason. I get it. Yeah, I'm, just, it, I'm just not a fan. It's, it's, a, it's a way for them to confront different similar topics without having to justify it in the narrative of them like, well, it was the 50s, but now it's the 70s. Yeah, American Horror Story was good season one for me. When I started I, season two... One was fine. When I started season two, it felt that they were just friends that all just wanted to make stuff together. That's oh, how, sure. That's how every anthology comes off to me. It's they're a group of friends, and they got a bunch of stories. Like, if we were to make a bunch of our stuff, it would feel anthology, but it would just be our friends yeah. doing our stuff. So, so, my Highlander spec. I'm in. Totally. It's kind of anthology where every season is a different time frame with different characters and recurring elements. That's not so much anthology. It does progress. You're yeah, right. That's You're not right. anthology. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel okay. anthology is a... Completely unconnected? It's unconnected except for the actors yeah. with the same storytelling technique. Sure. I am not... Inter if they announce a season two, I'll watch it. I am not interested right now in getting a season two. No, me neither. Especially because, though this wrapped up in a way that answered everything you needed to know. Yep. And especially because, and even though this one wrapped up in technically, what I would say is satisfaction. Yeah. Despite my nitpicking of satisfactory. Know, satisfactory. Yep. Despite nitpicking various production, writing, character acting, character stuff, things. Yep. This season covered so much ground. Yep. I don't know that I want a second season to just do more of it. Yeah. Unless it has something to say. This one had something to say in that, ultimately, I think what the season is saying is that you shouldn't try to negotiate or rehabilitate or um, pander to the oppressor. Yeah, and At also the end of the season, very much so, like, they, it is, it is not... 
a way of like trying to say that you know you can meet in the middle. No, it seemed like this show was a big conversation of appropriation. When like the Yahima stuff was going on, I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. How like white people are taking you mm -hmm. know black people stuff, and then people are taking magic stuff. Uh, but that kind of faded, so I don't really know if that's a thing. I, I don't think they can do a season two. I don't think so either. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I'm with you. Uh, I like the show too much, and I'm now an advocate for single season shows. If, if you can tell a great storyline like The Watchmen, give me more limited series. Yeah, give me, I'm with you. Give me more limited. Even if it's if it's one season, perfect. If yeah. it's one and two seasons, and then you're done. Yeah, cool. But don't Game of Thrones me. Don't, I don't lost me. I I think I'll I will edit that slightly. Know where you're going and know when to stop. Yeah. Do what the Good Place did, where he went. Michael Schur went in. He said, "Nope, four seasons, thirteen episodes each. Yep. I know where this is going." and we're done. Yes, perfect. Wrap it up. And The Good Place is one of the best shows I've watched in a long time. It is probably the tightest of all the shows I've seen yes. in a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's like Gravity Falls. Like, this this is what he wanted. I have these two seasons, I have this storyline, and, like, we'll give you X money for you three more seasons. You don't have an issue with Supernatural wrapping up its main, like, actual compelling storyline in the fifth season and then uh, continuing for f nine more seasons? Never seen Supernatural? No interest. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. Like, when you get to season seven of something, I don't care about First five seasons of Supernatural are actually not bad. Yeah. And then they wrap up that storyline that they had been building to for five seasons, and then they've done another nine or so after it. Yeah, you're, you're just finding things for people to do. It's no, I don't. I, I, you know, if I want, if I eventually I want more Lovecraft Country, I'll go back and rewatch this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all in all, how would you rate it out of five? Out of five? That's your scale, right? Five? It is my scale. A weird scale, but true. <sighs> I'd say a week four. Yeah, so like 75%? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's good, and yeah. it has something to say, and it says it. But if you are if you notice production stuff, if you're, if you're not just a casual watcher, if you look at how a show is put together and what went into stuff, and take the production as a whole, there is a lot of weak spots in this. Yeah. There, there, are, there are spots where the yeah. writing is really weak. There are spots where it's a little contrived. There are some issues with Erasure, yeah. and I'm thinking of Yahima, Obviously. primarily. Yeah. Gia, to a smaller extent, because she is there as a tool for Tick's ultimate yeah, quest. Yeah, survival or whatever. Not survival. She gets an entire episode to herself, which is great. Yeah. And it was one of the better episodes of this. I could show that to someone as a short film about a fox woman. Yeah, because it is, it's a it solo episode. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's a week four. Um, yeah. Fans of the genre will probably appreciate it. Mm-hmm. People who aren't into the genre might find it a little weird, but they'll get something out of it if you pitch it right. Yeah, fair. I, I liked yep. it. I, I think that the first half caught me hard enough, and the acting was solid enough to get me through some fairly weak some stuff. But... I will say that first episode is so good, yeah. and so compelling, mm -hmm. and so strongly an advocate of what it's trying to say, that the rest of the season does fall a little flat. There are probably four episodes that stand out as sheer gold to me. And there's six episodes, I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And there's probably two episodes, I'm like, you could have done without this completely. When it takes, I noticed that when it took risks on the format of the episode, or when it really did not, honestly, when it didn't lean into the genre so heavily, yeah. unless it was really leaning into it, like the Gia episode and the Hippolyta episode are really, really strong. Yeah. When it focuses on the race, like in episode one, it's very strong. Now when it focuses on the genre elements, like episode two, it tends to feel weaker. Yeah. I'll say that I thought that similar to how Watchmen was great, episode 9 was that great. I was so impressed with any kind of cyclical storytelling where when you tell me a story and then later you tell me how that story happened. Sure. So beautiful. You, him, like, you like the retroactive time him, travel satisfaction? Him being the hero of his own father is one of the coolest and like yeah. uh, uh, skin tingly things that I can think of. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things that always catches me off guard and I love it. But all in all, great show. Um, Go out and watch it. it, uh, despite, yeah, watch it. despite any shortcomings it may have, despite anything I dislike from it, I do offer this a hearty and full on, like full hearted recommendation. Yeah, this is a must watch, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, uh, this is better than the majority of stuff on TV. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, Watchmen was better. Watchmen was better. Raised by Wolves, I think, was better. All Did you finish all. it? Not yet. Okay. Thanks for the letdown. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 not going to apologize because no, that's fine. I will say we got Ridley Scotted. Oh, cool. Hmm. All right, now I'm more intrigued. It's uh, not bad. It didn't. 
Welcome to Some Nobodies Discuss Raised by Wolves. Um, <laughs> very briefly, it did not answer what I wanted it to answer. Really? It introduced it introduced something I want answered. Okay. And there is a season two coming. Yeah. But it did not... I don't know. The fan... As as happens sometimes, I got caught up in the fan speculation, mm-hmm. and none of that happened. Oh, you tried to Rick and Morty it. I guess. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> That's fine. Um, okay, so we were talking before we recorded about what we want to do for the next episode. And what, what, what were you thinking? So we have two options for you. Yeah. We can either do a full rewatch of the season and then do like a little retrospective episode. Or Zach and I can read the book and discuss the book on a special book club episode. Yeah. Um, I'm not leaning in any particular direction, but like I said, my reading schedule is a little... You can look for me in a special appearance on the podcast Author's Dozen coming out in like December, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah, in the D- future. Dylan reads that. and writes a lot. Uh, so I'm not really sure. But either way, we will we'll definitely... find We'll have at least one more episode of this out for you before yep. anything. And at some point, we do want to read the book anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, either way, look for some more stuff coming. And if there's a season two, we'll probably do a podcast for season two. Yeah. I hope there's not. Me I'm going to come out and say it. I hope there's not a season two. I hope two. there's not. If it is, we're bashing it. It's a season okay. roast. <laughs> uh, but until then, you can find us everywhere, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can find us at somenobodies.com for everything we're doing. Uh, podcast, podcast, the podcast show season two is starting within a couple weeks. Uh, Silicon Angels, which is our super hit and aggressively nominated award show. Uh, about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at something that is happening in the studio. Definitely not Zach selling us. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah, that season two will be coming out very soon. Uh, Dylan and I are also writing uh, a new show about superheroes that mm-hmm. should be premiering pretty soon. You can always find us on IBM TV doing our show called Talking Upstream, which is live every Sunday. Sometimes yes. live. Uh, sometimes recorded. Oh, it uh, is on Sundays. Yeah, you can definitely watch it on Sundays. Um, and other than that, if you want to support our it. show, we also have, well, we're trying to make a movie, so we need yeah, some help. look for that. If you want to help support our show or shows slash movies support slash us. TV shows slash us, always go to patreon.com slash some nobodies. A couple people that do uh, help us out, we definitely want to say thanks to. Number one, Mr. Scott Curtis and his podcast, Behind the Bits. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. He's an awesome dude. Early adopter. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. he understands what I we're doing. It. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, Tanya Sheck. She's awesome. She's mm-hmm. been helping us out, especially with love stuff, uh, Lovecraft stuff. Um, Sarah Tkachuk. Tkachuk. Yep. Our friend from we East Coast. It. We got that. Uh, a couple apps. Podroom, mm-hmm. if you're into podcast, And if you like taking notes and want to talk to people, um, you can also go over to listener.com slash app. And that's how you can do some more app stuff. Other than that. A hyphen app. Listener hyphen app. What did I say? Slash. Slash? Yeah. It's a sideways slash. I suppose. <laughs> That's it, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Thank you. We appreciate you listening. Bye. Are we doing a little, like, goofy little intro? Not season two. Okay. No, we're taking it seriously. No. Hey, everybody. Hey everybody, this is Zach. And I'm Dylan. And we are Some Nobodies, and this is a podcast podcast. A podcast show. And we're excited to feature season two. Feature? Feature. Are we featuring season two? Well, we're definitely going to talk about you it. You should know, season two is coming up soon. Season two is almost here. Yes. Um, but we do want to let you guys know a couple things first. If you remember season one, we went through seven podcasts every episode for ten episodes, which is almost 70 episodes. Took a yeah, 70 it a podcasts. Lot of work. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot, of, a lot of time. A lot of listening. I'm not going to get that time back. No. Some of it you will. Mm-mm. I'll make sure of it. Marches on. Well, Entropy comes yeah. for all of us. We got invoices out there, yeah, so right. we'll get that back. Um, but we are going to change up a little bit, so to save us a little bit of time, because as you know, Some Nobodies does roughly 217 podcasts, mm-hmm. I think, currently, and we need some time. Yeah. So we're going to change the format a little bit. Uh, Dylan, tell them what's going to change. Yeah, so as Zach said in the first one, uh, each episode we featured really short clips of seven episodes, seven different episodes of different podcasts. We talked about them. We don't want to cut that out completely. We understand that it can be difficult and scary to see something new from something you love. And we right. know you love us, so we're going to keep that kind of the same. However, we're going to cut back a little bit. We're going to cut that seven number in slightly higher than half. Almost in half. Almost in half. So every episode of season two, we're going to feature four podcasts that we found. Four new podcasts. Four new podcasts. We're going to do the same thing we did in season one. We're going to have a a brief clip. We're going to discuss them and recommend them. And then we're going to do what we're calling a spotlight. 
Now, we had a poll running after the season one on our Patreon, which if you would like to take part in any of the polls we offer, go to patreon.com slash some nobodies and pledge. But we asked which podcast that we featured on the first season from each episode would you like to see more of? These spotlights are going to be about, depending on the length of the original episode, whatever episode you chose, we're going to feature maybe like a 10, 15 minute longer bit from that podcast so you can get a better taste of what they have to offer. Yeah, we have a lot of friends. We want to kind of spread the love a little bit. So we're going to kind of branch out to roughly like, depending on how long the, their podcasts are, uh, but we're going to keep ours, about, we're keeping on the same time. About, about 20 minutes, maybe, maybe half 20, an hour. 20, 25 we'll minutes. So um, that's kind of the new stuff. So we have, if you follow us on Instagram, we have a lot of people asking us to listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. There are a lot out there. So we're going to do our best. Please keep submitting them. We do like them. You can always go to somenobodies.com and check out what's going on. But yeah, season two. Let us know. Look for it. Look for it. Listen for it. It's coming. You can't escape. Don't even try. Just, yeah, look for it. But if you're curious about how season two is going to look, here's a couple, uh, here's some some clips of upcoming shows. Yeah, some uh, something for you to look forward to from us. Yep. You know, I didn't really believe that birds were drones until I heard this, and I, he makes a convincing case. I mean... I don't know if I agree that dinosaurs exist, but they definitely don't talk. You can talk to me all you like about Green Lantern, but I'm never going to say that Ryan Reynolds looks good in the green mask. Okay, I don't care how much money you make, you can't just eat a live raccoon. <laughs> I mean, if you see a Nazi, you should punch him. <laughs> Dog fighting, sure. Giraffe fighting? I don't know. I, I, you know, I just have to admit, I draw the line at property damage. You're wrong. Sure, homeless or not, burning books is never a good thing to do. Depends on the book. Oh, that's fair. If someone had told me that's all it takes to get an extra order of fries, I would have not even worn a belt. Whoa! Yeah, Red's a good movie, but I don't want to see a porn version of that. Bread. <laughs> yeah, season two. Let us know. Look for it. Look for it. Listen for it. It's coming. You can't escape. Don't even try. Just, yeah, look for it.